Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me. We're starting the new book, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. The title of our message is Growing in Faith and Love. Growing in Faith and Love. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 3. Growing in Faith and Love. The mark of a true believer, there's, there's two things that are so important as believers in Jesus Christ, that we're to be marked with love. We're to, uh, people should know that we're different, and there should be this love that we have for the Lord. So uh, God gives us his love. The Bible says that we love God because he first loved us, right? And then he pours out his love into our heart. And so he gives us this love. And so we should love him. We should love others. And God has placed that in our hearts. And uh, love also is correcting people with truth, okay? So sometimes people misunderstand this with love. They say, oh, pastor, you're not very loving with what you just said. I said, what? Did I say something that wasn't true? No, it was true. But, but that's not loving. Well, no, it is loving. I said it as kindly as I could. But we're to speak the truth with love. But we should be marked with love, but we should also be marked with faith, trusting in God. And we're going to talk about that. So most of the time as, you, as we talk about uh, these two things, we're going to focus in on faith because we've talked a lot about love. So I want to focus in on, on faith. But uh, I want to read these three verses, and then we're going to do a little bit of an introduction also to, uh, to this, the, the new epistle that we're looking at. So Paul the Apostle writes, and I'm going to ask you, can you please stand with me? I'm going to read these three verses. Paul the Apostle writes, these new believers, this is the second letter that he writes. In verse one, he says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, excuse me, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because of your, can we say that out loud? Faith, Faith grows exceedingly and the of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Lord, bless these three verses as we learn of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can be seated. Paul was with Silas on his second missionary journey and he went to Thessalonica, modern day Greece. I know last week I think I said Turkey, so scratch that. If you heard me say Turkey, that was wrong. Er, that was wrong. Surprised the team up here didn't catch me. I usually have the, usually got the team here that corrects me a lot, so that's good, I like that actually. But uh, on his second missionary journey, he was with Silas, and they uh, were there for three Sabbaths. They were preaching for three Sabbaths. Many came to the Lord, mostly Gentiles, some Jews, women came to the Lord. There was a great work of the Holy Spirit going on. The Jewish leaders were envious of Paul. They didn't believe this Jesus that he preached, so they basically drove him out of town. As we've looked at in the first epistle, the first letter, Paul the apostle kept trying to go back to Thessalonica. He wanted to be with these new believers, or brand new believers. He wanted to disciple them. He wanted to pour into them. He could not get back. He sent Timothy, remember? But what it did, it forced him to write. In 1 Thessalonians, it's believed to be the very first letter that Paul the Apostle ever wrote. So it forced him. He didn't want to write the letter. He wanted to be there. But because he wasn't able to go back, it says uh, Satan hindered him. He was forced to write letters. Thank you, Lord, he did. 
Because this is a letter, these two letters are letters to the church of these new believers. So we've got a lot of instruction that we've, we have in these two uh, letters, and it's, uh, it's just a blessing. So we have these letters. Uh, the second letter that we're reading, 2 Thessalonians, uh, it's believed he wrote this probably, some say weeks after the first letter or even months after the first letter. This letter primarily was written to correct false teaching. It's believed that, and there's scripture we, we'll look at later uh, to show that possibly someone wrote a letter and signed it, Paul, but it wasn't really Paul, and was telling this church that was being persecuted, the, the persecution was heavy, but in the letter they were told that, oh, this is the time of tribulation, the Lord, uh, it's the day of the Lord, and you guys are under this heavy stuff because the day of the Lord is here. And so he's, he's correcting, uh, the, with this letter, he's correcting false teaching, which is great for us. As we're gonna see in the upcoming weeks, because he corrects the false teaching about end times, we are gonna talk about a lot of great things in these next few weeks. We're gonna talk about the restrainer. Who's the restrainer? We're gonna talk about apostasy. We're gonna talk about the third temple. We're gonna talk about strong delusion. We're gonna talk about the mystery of lawlessness. We're gonna talk about the antichrist. There's a lot of great stuff here. So with that being a short introduction, let's look back at verse one. And just as Paul opens his second letter, he says, Paul, Silvanus, or Silas, the same, same person, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We could easily just skip through this and say, oh, so what? So we got the three, Paul, Silvanus, Timothy. But what I want to point out with this is these guys were a team. It wasn't a one-man show, and so it's, it's great. It's, it's, uh, our mayor is up here saying he's got a team, right? And it's, it's good to have a team. Why? Because we all need each other. We need a team, and so it's good to have a, a team. He had this team. So Silas was a prophet, by the way, and it tells us in the book of Acts. Timothy was most likely a pastor, for sure a minister. He was called to be do the work of an evangelist. So you've got all these different callings, but they're all working together, and it's such a blessing when a church is, is working together when the body of Christ works together. And I want to use this to say to all of us as believers, let's learn to work together because it's important. We all have different gifts. On Friday, we had a, a pastor's meeting. And uh, so we gathered together. We broke bread together. We shared about our ministries. We prayed one for another. And all I could say is God just showed up as we were praying. It was just a powerful thing. And every time we have pastor's meetings, I do the, I, in my, my, my mind, I'm thinking, we gotta do this soon again, because this was so awesome. We need to do it. But then time goes by, and it's like, you know, months later, it's like, no, no, we have to fight for this, because there's something about God loves, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. The Bible talks about one putting a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. So, so I, I don't want to skip over this. I don't want to just say, well, okay, so Paul, Paul's a leader. Yeah, he's an apostle, but he had a team. And God used this team in a mighty way. As we mentioned in the announcements, as Lisa mentioned, today we celebrate the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. We celebrate the fact that, that uh, things are changing. So I, I want to Share uh, in September, I, I got to meet Lynn Finch, the Attorney General. Uh, the, she's the one that uh, was the champion of the Dobbs case, the, uh, June 24th. So she, this is the one that spearheaded this, right? So we got to meet her at a sanctity of, we at a pro-life event, and we got to talk to her for a while. But the reason why I bring this up, perfect day to bring this up because of this day that we're celebrating. But uh, what she said, she said, you know what? Because I was thanking her, she says, it wasn't me, it was a team. 
I said, really, tell me about that. She says, well, we had an awesome team. She says, listen, she said, we would pray and we would go and we would meet together. And she says, God showed us exactly how to tear down Roe v. Wade. It showed us exactly, step by step, showed us how to do it. But it was a team. It wasn't just a one man. Why? And I believe, listen, I believe God does it that way, that we don't just look at one person and say, well, go that one person, because then that person gets the glory. When it's a team that are working together, God gets all the glory. So, wow, you know, not one of them could have done this, but God did it. Amen? Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone once said, uh, these are the Siamese twins of the New Testament. Grace and peace. You always see them together. You, you always see grace before peace. Grace to you and peace. But notice it's from who? From who? God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you experienced the grace of God in your life? Because if you've experienced the grace of God, then you will have the peace of God. If you've not experienced the grace of God, we're saved by grace through faith. Once you experience God's favor, God's grace, it comes with great peace. Pastor Chuck, my pastor who went to be with the Lord, he used to always say, you cannot know the peace of God until you first experience the grace of God. I miss that guy, he was, he was great. Have you experienced the grace of God? Have, do you know the peace of God? I, I pray you do. If not, God wants you to experience both his grace and his peace because you'll have the peace of God, but you'll also, also have peace with God when you experience his wonderful grace. Amen? In verse three, he goes on to say, and we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting. Why? Because your what? Can we say it out loud again? Faith grows exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Your faith grows exceedingly. Because of that, I'm always thanking God. Matter of fact, he's going to talk about, not only does he thank God, he boasts in these guys. He's, he's like so proud of these new believers that wherever he goes, he's saying, you, you've got to you know, meet these guys. You gotta, I, I need to tell you about these new believers. They have such great faith. They, they have such awesome love for each other. And so, so this new body, these new believers were marked with these two things. And I pray, I hope, I trust that every one of us as believers are marked with these two things. These two things are so important. I believe in this church. I, I hear this constantly when new people come here. They say, there is so much love in this church. I'm like, thank you, Lord. It's like, you're, the people here are so loving and so welcoming. I'm like, that's how it's supposed to be. But faith... And I want to focus the rest of our time on talking about faith because I, I believe it's so important. Uh, very simply, faith means to trust, to believe, to have assurance. So, so when we come to faith in Christ, it's, it's believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and it's, we have to believe that. You, you're not going to be saved unless you have faith. It starts with faith. You must believe that. But then not just believing. The Bible says even the demons believe and tremble. You must receive that into your life. So we're called by, you know, we're called to have a, a saving faith, but also we're called to have a growing faith, that our, our faith should grow like muscles when you work out. They start growing. Well, their faith should be like that. It should grow. If, if you just have a, a, just a saving faith, but you don't, you don't have a growing faith, that's going to be shallow. And God doesn't want you to have a shallow walk with him. As we read in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is a substance of things to hope for, the evidence of things. Can we say that out loud? Not seen. In other words, you read the Bible and the Bible says that, you know, it's this way and this way, but then you look and say, wow, that doesn't look like it's going to happen this way, but you're like, God, I'm going to trust you. And you walk by faith. 
and not by sight. Interesting wording here, growing exceedingly, means to increase abundantly, to increase beyond measure faith. I want that kind of faith. I want my faith to increase. I, the thing is, is this church, don't miss this, this the church he's writing to, they had heavy persecution and from the Roman government. They had heavy persecution from the religious leaders. And, and I believe that's why their faith was growing so much because when persecution comes, it usually increases faith. Do you know that? China, the believers there. Do you know in Iran, we're told that there's probably more people coming to faith in the world, in Iran, than any other country in this whole world. It's, it's in Iran. Why? Because the persecution's so heavy. They're growing like crazy. They're, well, why? Because they, they know that this is real, and then they're sharing their faith, and they're increasing in faith. So this uh, persecution comes. When, when difficult time, I don't like difficult times, but when I trust the Lord and I watch him, guess what? My faith grows. Many times we don't see spiritual growth in our lives, do we? Personally, we're like, oh, I don't know. Just, but, but when others, I believe it, God sets it up this way because if you, I think if you see too much, you're gonna get prideful. Like, yeah, look at me and how great I am. And I'm such a great Christian. What about you guys? You know, that's not a good, that's not a good way to think. And it happens that way. Many times we see growth in others, right? We, we watch their lives like, wow, look at the growth in this person. And, and so looking out here and, and seeing the people that, you know, here in this congregation, and, and I'm just so blessed to see that just how people are growing spiritually and just watching the growth of people's lives. And it, it's such a blessing to be a part of this and to watch this going on. On Tuesday night, I had a brother come to me and he's sharing after the service, he was sharing all the things that God's doing in his family, how God's growing him and growing his wife and growing things. And, and it's, it's, it's affecting the children and, and all. I don't want to get too personal because I don't have his permission to talk about him. I won't even look at him. He's in this room right now. <laughs> but listening to his praise reports and what God's doing, it's like, wow. This, I'm like, that is so awesome. We have another brother that's, that's in this room also, and, and basically he told me, I've learned more and, and grown more spiritually in one year in this church than I did 15 years at my other church. Yeah. It's faith. The simple teaching of the word of God, and we apply the word of God and watch God grow us. To, to have faith means to trust, to believe, but what do we trust and believe in? Well, the only way we know what we trust and believe in is through the word of God. Otherwise, listen, the deception is going, the last three years, the deception that's been going out is so bad. If we didn't have the word of God, we'd be in trouble. And does this happen to you, your friends or, or people, your neighbors and stuff, and, and you listen to them talk, you're like, are they from another planet? <laughs> and I, I sometimes say, are you taking crazy pills? Because it's crazy. You really believe that? And then they're looking at us saying, and you believe what you believe? How do we know it's right? The word of God and trusting it by faith. Let God be true and every man a liar. God's word is truth and you'll know the truth of God's word and it will set you free. Not only will it set you free, but you'll grow when you apply the wonderful word of God. Another brother that's here came to me Friday night. And he said, Pastor, the Tuesday night study in Proverbs chapter five, I've never thought of it that way. And that, that passage, that study changed my life. Don't you love when that happens? It's just the word of God, simply teaching the word of God, simply and just taking it at heart and, and apply it in your lives and, and watching the Lord work, amen? But so we don't always see it. Hopefully others see it in our lives. But I wanna point something out is Paul the apostle in the first letter that he wrote, he was praying for their faith. Do you remember that? 
So actually, this is an answer to his prayer. Remember in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3, verse 10, it says, night and day praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. The first letter, he saw there's something lacking in your faith. We want to help. In the second letter, he's like, wow, you guys are growing leaps and bounds within what months probably. And it was an answer to his prayer. As believers realize we will go through difficult times. We'll be lied about. People will come against us. But when we apply the word of God, we can grow in faith. And one of the best ways to grow in faith is the difficult times. But, but realize the difficult times that come our way. Listen, please, those difficult times that are coming our way, they're for us. They're not against us. I think about a young man that when the Iraqi war was going on and he was in the military, he was so afraid he didn't want to go. He was trying to get out of it. Like, how do I get out of this? I don't want to go down. I don't, I don't want to get killed. And so, so he went to church and people prayed for him. And, and as they were praying for him, someone just stopped and says, listen, I believe the Lord showed me very clearly. You're going to come home. You're not going to get hurt. You're going to be fine. God's going to bring you home. He goes, really? He says, yeah, the, the Lord just showed me that. And so listen to this. He went to Iraq by faith. He had no fear. So much so, listen to this. He was on the team that would kick, you know, when you see those videos, they kick down the door to get inside after the terrorists and they go in. So nobody wanted to be the first man. He says, let me do it. And they're like, are you crazy? He says, God showed me, and he used it as a witness. God showed me I'm going home and I'm not going to get hurt. So I'm going, I'll be the first one in. And what a powerful testimony is he took the, the word that was given to him. He believed it. And sure enough, he came home. He wasn't hurt. God protected him. God saved him. But it was the walk of faith. He went from fear to faith. James 1, 2 tells us, don't you love these verses? <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into, can we say that out loud? Various trials. I can honestly say reading this as a new believer, I would think, how in the world can you ever count a joy when you go through tri trials? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking if you allow those trials to work for you, you'll watch God work every time as you put your trust in him by faith. You apply the word of God. He'll give you patience. He'll give you endurance. And he will mature you. And then when it happens again, you can say, all right, okay, I don't really like the trial, but God, this is awesome. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you're going to work. And he does, listen, he does every time. Romans 8, 28, and we know what? All things work together for good for those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. All things. And we know. If you're new here, I'd love to point out, it doesn't just say all things work together for good for those that love God, those that are called according to his purpose. It says, and we know. That's an act of faith. And we know by faith all things are going to work together for good. Why? Because I love God. I'm called according to his purpose. Amen? Someone once said, faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. I've seen, sadly, over the years, people come and pray, and they pray a prayer to give their life to Christ, and a test comes their way, and they're like, I'm out of here. I did. That's not what I signed up for. And it's sad. It's very sad. That means it wasn't real faith. I love this quote from Spurgeon. Little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Little faith... Put your trust in Christ. Believe that he died on the cross. You'll have faith in that. You're going to go to heaven. It'll bring you to heaven. But then great faith. When you really put his word to the test, you trust him. Watch God work in miraculous ways. Amen? 
Sadly, as we look at faith, we live in a world that doesn't, doesn't have faith in God. They don't believe in God. They're, they want to get God out of everything, God out of government, God out of the classroom. They t- 1962, 1963, they, take, they took prayer in the Bible out of, out of the schools. Universities are just taken over. It's terrible to see what's happening in our world. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in God. And look at the mess that we're in. How many saw this? The man ordered to remove his T-shirt that says, Jesus is the only way. Did you guys, can you raise your hand if you saw this? Okay, good about a quarter of the room. I'm going to play this for you because it's just bizarre. Are we ready for a video, guys? Watch this, okay? This is security guard, and he's telling him this guy, he must remove his shirt if he's going to. This is the, the, the Mall of America. I've been there in Minnesota there. So he's ordering this guy, get out of the mall if you're going to wear that shirt. That's such a big lawsuit. They're in trouble. The mall's in trouble because that's huge. They will lose that lawsuit. So, But that's where we're at. We don't, you know, without the Bible, without people trusting God, not believing the Bible, this is what we get. And then we hear, I don't know if you've seen this article, the U.S. has been labeled the worst country for pushing extreme gender ideology, sex change surgeries on youths. This, is, this, is, this stuff is demonic. I can't say it any other way. Yes, we do talk about these things in this church, so you know. So if it's your first time, get used to it that we do this, okay? Or it's, okay. Why? Now, the reason why we do it is to, to, to bring awareness. Okay, so let me, I don't even know what time, I know we're just terrible at time. I'm just, what? Wow, okay. I'll talk real fast. <laughs> so, no, just to get an understanding, okay, uh, the globalist uh, view is that uh, the population is too much. We've got to decrease the surplus population, basically, right? So, um, gay marriage is, you can't produce children, right? But then you have this, at a young age, you mutilate the children, then they can't, they, they're sterilized, they can't have kids. So this is evil, this is demonic, this is wrong to do this on these young kids. Amen? Amen. Okay, and this one is disgusting. I don't know if, how many have seen this? Okay, this is a couple that they got married, these two men, and they adopted two children. Well, the children are now 9 and 11 years old, but they made uh, movies with these kids, abusing them on film, and nobody's talking about it. That's why we're talking about it. So Town Hall did a, uh, did a report on this, and they're exposing this. And this is so wrong, this is so evil. Okay, so let's go to good news. So we do have some walking by faith. So God is real, the uh, Bills quarterback describes a spiritual awakening since his teammate on the field collapsed. So because DeMar had a, yeah, so, the, so God is doing, this is great, what's going on with this. So be, and I talked about this last week, DeMar uh, Hamlin had a heart attack on the field. It's, all, it's actually around the world, people are praying now and they're seeking the Lord. And now even this quarterback says, wow, I had a, a spiritual awakening. And you can watch his interview online. And then even on CNN, former NFL player tells Anderson Cooper that God provides an answer through his son, Jesus Christ. Right there on, this is amazing. You can watch that. And then uh, Bobert uh, introduced legislation to block federal funding for Planned Parenthood. So good for her. So she's a representative from uh, Colorado. She's, indu- she's introduced this bill uh, to bar the taxpayer funding for uh, Planned Parenthood. I'm 100% behind that. Listen to this, which currently receives about a half a billion dollars per year of your, fe- of your money. So pray for her. I hope, 
I pray, I trust that we as believers will grow in our faith and our love towards others. I pray and I hope and I trust that this growth would be so evident in our lives. I want to be like those that Paul the Apostle was writing to. I want to be like those new believers growing exceedingly abundantly in my faith in Christ. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.